Um, my name is Courtney Moore. Uh, some of you know me, some of you may not. Uh, Jake has given me the opportunity to share with you today. Uh, our truth is a disciple listens, and I feel really privileged to be here. Um, just want to start by saying, actually, Jake asked me uh, to consider joining his teaching team like a year or two ago. And we had a conversation, and I had uh, some things that were holding me back, fear, um, questions about a, a, a female being up here that I needed to process through, wrestle with, and I met with Jake, and we talked about it, and uh, I, had, I had some image reasons and some fear reasons, uh, honestly, and, and so I, I wanted to, to ask the right questions, but then I kind of sat on it and never moved, and that's why it was a year or two ago, and then uh, this summer, Aaron Loy came and spoke on women in leadership, and God used it to uh, wake me up and say, hey, this is something that I'm wanting to call you into, and you're not listening. And, and I feel like that's what he said to me this summer. And so it's really cool for me today to be here. And it's, it's cool, too, how he works, because the topic is listening to God. So that teaches you that I'm not perfect at this, right? It is a year or two is a long time. But here I am, and by God's grace, Jake has um, been the gate of what I'm going to say today. And I, I'm privileged, and I feel really honored to get this opportunity. Um, so if you were here last week, Jake started talking about discipleship, what it looks like to become a disciple, a follower of Jesus. And it's kind of like a three-week mini-series. Last week, he kind of set the stage and gave us a definition. Um, and then this week and next week, we are walking through that definition. And so if you were here last week, are you gonna, you're going to go back and listen You'll hear the definition he gave. Uh, a disciple is someone who is continually listening to Jesus and striving to respond with obedience to what they hear. So simply, a disciple is someone who listens and obeys or is in a process of listening and responding to what God is calling them into. And so today, uh, I, get to, I get to talk about the listening aspect of that. Uh, if you were here last week, uh, you... Uh, as Jake set the stage, he started talking about some of Jesus' disciples uh, in the Gospels. And he looked at Matthew chapter 4 and talked about the call of Simon, who was Peter, and Andrew, and how they were fishermen, and Jesus came to them and he said, hey, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Uh, we took a look at that. And then these guys got up and they followed him. If you're familiar with the Bible, uh, you know Matthew is one of the accounts of Jesus' life. And so when Jake talked about Matthew chapter 4 and the call of these disciples, that's the beginning of this book. There's 28 chapters, I think, in Matthew. And, and so 4 is at the beginning. And these guys get called to follow Jesus. They don't really know what that means, but they go. And, uh, and they see his whole ministry, his whole life, every healing that he's done. You know, they were with him for almost every, every day all the time. And, and so they saw everything he did. They heard everything he said. They were there when he got arrested. Um, we know they scattered a little bit, but uh, when he was crucified, they watched. And, um, and then when he resurrected, they, he came to them. And that's um, at the end of Matthew. In Matthew 28, Jake talked about this. He, he showed us the words that Jesus said to these guys at the end of this whole thing. They followed his whole ministry. He dies, raises from the dead, and comes and talks to them. And what does he say? He says, therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing the name, 
in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Make disciples. Um, and so this is a call that Jake has described for us, and that this is the type of church that we want to be. We want to be a church that not only helps people find Jesus, finding Jesus, we've been so about that, absolutely. We want to help people find Jesus, but we also want to help lead them into a lifestyle of following Jesus. And, and that's the idea of being a disciple. But before you can make a disciple, you have to be one. You have to know who you follow and what they do or what they want a little bit, right? Um, and you don't have to know it perfectly. Um, but this is kind of the process uh, uh, that we're going to talk about today. The process of knowing who we follow, coming to know God. And that's a continual thing. Uh, but a disciple, a follower, is constantly learning more about God and constantly practicing what it means to follow after him. I want to pause here for a moment before I go any further and clarify something. Um, something that isn't always clear, wasn't clear to me for a while as a Christian. Um, and so I want to talk about the difference between being saved and, and becoming a disciple. Uh, when we become a Christian, we're saved in the name of Jesus and uh, we have that eternal salvation. We actually get life in two ways. We get eternal life forever with him and then we get life right now in our moment by moment every day. Um, you know, the eternal life, we know that. John 3, 16, you've probably heard that. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish, but would have eternal life. Um, and so my eternal life is set, right? Once I claim Jesus, it's finished, it's done, it's paid for. I don't have to do anything else. I'm justified through the blood of Christ. And I have a chart, maybe, it's not a perfect chart. Please don't judge me. I was a math teacher, and this is not a great chart. But, um, but I, the idea here, if you see the dotted line, above the dotted line is holy, below the dotted line, not holy. Okay. When I become a Christian, um, I become justified in Christ. Jesus' blood covers me. His righteousness covers me. And that's that there's like an arrow. I had colors, and it was cool. But um, the straight across arrow is who I am in Christ. That's how God sees me forever. Jake read Hebrews 10, 14 last week, and it says, by this one sacrifice, he made perfect forever those who are being made holy. That's that, made perfect forever. I'm justified in Christ. That's constant. I don't have to do anything. I can schmuck my way through my whole life. It doesn't matter because I'm perfect forever. Perfect forever because of Jesus, and only because of Jesus. That's my eternal salvation. Um, but then the rest of that verse is interesting. By this one sacrifice, he made perfect forever those who are being made holy. How can I be perfect forever, but yet be being made holy? It's, it's quizzical on purpose, I think, uh, because there's two different lives that we're looking at. Okay? And the second um, life is my moment by moment, and it's is that working out of my salvation. This is that process of being made holy. 2 Corinthians 3 talks about how we're being transformed into his likeness. And that's this jagged, beautiful, I drew that, by the way, jagged, beautiful line. Um, sanctification. That's, that's a fancy word for I'm being made holy. I'm being uh, transformed into his likeness. And, and I like the jagged line because that's how life is. Sometimes we have ups and sometimes we have downs in this process of 
sanctification, of, of growing and transforming our, into the, uh, the life of Jesus, into his likeness. Um, and so I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanted to point that out because I'm not trying to earn, when I'm, when I'm looking to listen to the Lord and when I'm trying to grow as a disciple, um, that's my life right now. Um, that's not a, a salvation earning thing. Um, so in today's message, uh, I'm talking out of a result of my salvation. I, as a result of my salvation, I want to give the rest of my days to him for his kingdom. Because I believe that eternal things matter more than temporary things. And because I want to be transformed into his likeness. So here we go. The first thing on your outline um, is that the first step in being a listening disciple is that you have to want to follow him. Um, and and I, I like this. This is, this is me here because uh, it's simple, but yet it's something we overlook. I have to want to follow him. A.K.A. I have to try and give him my ear, try to listen to him. Um, I have to make a choice to learn him. And that choice should be a priority if I want to follow him. Um, so I'm making the choice to learn him as a priority. Um, anybody watch TV? Netflix? Binge watch? Okay, so judge me or not, but right now I'm working my way through the flash Flash, anyone? Oh, okay, yes, okay. Um, I knew nothing about the Flash a month and a half ago, um, but he, he showed up on Supergirl, so I was like, I better watch the Flash. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> and, and so I started watching this series that's on Netflix about the Flash, and every time I watch an episode, I learn more about the Flash, okay? Um, and, and I'm growing in my knowledge of the Flash, Every day, almost every day. <laughs> and and when, I sit, when I have some free time, there's a lot of things I do with my free time, right? Maybe I go for a walk, spend time with people, read a book, whatever I do. But when I choose to sit down in front of the TV and uh, decide to watch something, guess what I've been choosing to watch? The Flash. I've been watching The Flash. Um, because I'm interested in the plot line and because I, I, I'm making it a priority to learn the story, okay? Judge me for the flash if you want to. But my point is I'm prioritizing that with my TV time. Um, and we all do that. We make choices with our time about what we want to learn and what we want to invest in or get better at or understand better. And, and a lot of times that's people, right? You spend a lot of time with maybe your spouse or your best friend or your family on purpose. You're choosing that um, because you want to. Um, and so... As disciples, that's what I'm talking about. I want to learn it. I, I don't have to know everything at the beginning, but I choose that, okay? Last week, um, when, when Jake read Matthew 4, the calling of the first disciples, you know, uh, I actually have it open here. He said, they, were, they were casting their net into a lake, and, for they were fishermen. And Jesus says, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets, and they followed him. And yet, they daily made that choice. Um, they could have said, hey, this was a great day, Jesus. You know, we had a good time, but I'm going home. Day two, they could have left. Day three, they could have left. They could have hung out with him for a week and been like, yeah, that was pretty sweet. Um, but I miss my family. So they stopped making it a priority. But they didn't. They continued to follow him uh, no matter what. 
Um, another passage I want to chat about for a second is John 6. John 6 is cool. Jesus does a lot of cool things in John 6. He feeds 5,000 people. He walks on the water. Um, and he has a cool talk about how he's the bread of life. Um, my favorite verses in the Bible are actually in John 6, just because I like words and stuff. And Jesus just says this so beautifully. He says, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Isn't that beautiful? That's, that's beautiful. Um, and it's true, and it's cool. Um, and Jesus is talking to these people. He feeds 5,000 people. He walks on the water, and then he talks about all this. And, and, and he says some strong things here. He says, I'm the bread of life. And then he's like, and so you need to eat my flesh. And you need to drink my blood. Um, and so the people are like, what? Um, he says, he's making strong claims in John 6. He says, my father in heaven. He's claiming to be the son of God. And, and he's claiming to be from heaven. And, and then he says, eat me, basically. That's how they hear it. Um, thanks for laughing at that. Okay. Um, <laughs> but that's honestly how they hear it. Because John 6, um, 60 through 66, talks about how many of them desert him. Have you ever noticed that? He says, eat me. And they're like, whoa, bye. And they leave. John 6, 66 says, from this time... Many of his followers turned back and no longer followed him. So here he is. He's saying all of these things. It's hard and confusing because they don't have the whole communion thing that they're filtering this through. They just hear him say, I'm the son of God. Eat me. Uh, and, and they're like, what? I'm sorry. I'm, that's not a good paraphrase. But you get what I'm saying? Like, this was hard for them to understand. Um, and so from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And Jesus looks at his 12 closest friends, closest followers, and he says, you don't want to leave me too, do you? And Simon Peter answers him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Um, good job, Peter. Um, what I find fascinating about what Peter said is he didn't say, Jesus, they're confused. I know what you mean by that. I completely understand because communion and, and you're going you know, to die on the cross for our sins and then you're going to raise him to life and then we're going to need communion and, and here's what all the things mean. He had no idea what he was talking about. He just said, where am I going to go? You're God. You're the Holy One of God. Um, Peter is saying... That's all I need to know. Peter's saying, no matter how hard it is, Jesus, you're God. No matter if I don't understand what you say all the time, you're God. No matter what you call me to do, you're God. And you're worth following. Peter's making a choice here. He doesn't have to make the choice to say, you're God and you're worth following. He could peace out. But he doesn't because he believes that uh, he's worth following. So I want you to consider that personally here. Am I willing to be a disciple like Peter who says, you're God, so I'm going with you. I'm going to follow you no matter how hard it gets, no matter how confusing things are, or uh, when circumstances don't line up with what I wanted. Um, 
The first step in being a listening disciple is you have to want to follow him. It has to be this, like, desire that Peter had. Peter was so passionate and excited, and he had this desire to follow God. He just did. Um, and if you watch Peter's life, you know that. But if you watch Peter's life, you also know, man, this man messed up big time. Because here he is, he's like, he's got a, a win in the column. I'm a coach, okay? He's got a win in the column when he says, you're the Holy One of God, I'm sticking with you. And then we go to Matthew 16, and I got to go there. I'm sorry. Uh, we go to Matthew chapter 16. And actually, there's more I could say, but I'm going to go to when Jesus predicts his death. Okay, Jesus is like starting to tell them that this is going to happen to him. From this time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things, um, that he must be killed, and then on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. And you know what Jesus said. Jesus turned to him and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. <clears throat> Whoops. Um, Peter's passionate. But he wasn't always getting it right. He didn't really know what was going on. He tried to talk Jesus out of dying for the sins of the world. He doesn't know that, but uh, that's kind of what he's, you know, he's like arguing for this. Um, and then in Matthew 26, as Jesus is in that process of being arrested and preparing to be crucified for our sins, Peter denies him three times. We see that. Um, but then we also see in John chapter 21, the very end of the book of John, um, that after Jesus has rose from the dead, he comes and spends extra time with Peter. And he talks to Peter. And, um, it, and the, the title of the thing in my Bible says, Jesus reinstates Peter. Um, he, he calls him back into being his disciple. He reminds him, it's okay. You're going to make some mistakes, Peter. But you have a passion for... Uh, being my disciple, and I'm going to use that in you. Um, so driving home the point, uh, you're not going to be perfect at it. Peter wasn't perfect at it, and he was one of Jesus' best friends. Um, but we make a choice. And so we, we draw a line in the sand, sort of, right? I, I decide he's worth following no matter what. Um, and for me personally, I don't do this perfect, uh, but if I'm being and, and I have lazy days or bad days or whatever, but if I'm being honest, I have this, like, when I'm quiet, I have this longing inside of me for him. Like, in my stomach or heart or soul or somewhere, like, I feel a desire for him that's real. And, um, and I have this personal phrase, because um, we all need personal slogans, um, but I have this personal phrase that uh, I say, and it's, I will ever stumble towards him um, because I know I'm going to mess up. I know I'm going to stumble, but I want to stumble towards him. I want to keep getting back up and heading towards him. This is something that in my life I want to choose, and God's given me the opportunity to have to get back up and go towards him. So I want to I wanna ask you, you know, where are you at with this longing and desire and it's okay if you don't have this, like, innate, like, craving for the Lord all the time. Um, but I do want to ask us to see where we're at and to 
to challenge you to maybe pray that God would put a desire in your heart to want to follow him with passion. Um, pray that you, uh, you can grow in that. Um, I know I pray for that. Um, and God has done that and continues to do that in me. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing in being a listening disciple is learning to know his voice. Um, and so in John 10, um, Jesus is talking to people, and um, he's basically using an illustration about the shepherd and the sheep for um, him and his followers. And he says, the sheep know my voice, and they follow me. How do you learn someone's voice? I think about someone in your life, someone that you know, that you know their voice. You know, uh, before caller ID, you pick up the phone and you recognize them, right? Or maybe you think you're expecting to talk to your mom and your dad answers. You know the difference, right? <laughs> um, uh, so you know their voice. Or maybe you hear them in the hallway at church out here and you're like, oh, that's where he went because I hear him. Um, and, and how did you learn that? It took time and, and it took attention to their voice and, and proximity. And the same thing is true with God. We overcomplicate it, but to know God's voice, it takes time, and it takes me giving him attention, and I have to be close to him. Uh, the Bible makes it very simple. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Um, so I want to discuss with the rest of our time some practical ways for us to be learning his voice. And there are three written on your outline that Jake and I discussed through, uh, slash he gave me, and are good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and, and so obviously I love them, and they're, they're frameworked uh, within the Spirit of God, uh, as in the Spirit brings these three to life, and they're united together. Um, they bring each other uh, balance. Um, so the first one is Scripture, okay? This is my first one because I love it. Um, yes, I'm like a child. Okay, <laughs> uh, but this is God's Word, and I think we're too easily dis discouraged by God's word. I think um, we too easily make excuses for ourselves with God's word. I think we feel like it's too hard. Um, it takes a lot of work. It's confusing. I don't always know what he's saying. Are these things you've thought before? Ugh, sometimes it's boring. Do you ever feel that way? Um, we feel like it's too hard. Let me challenge you with this for a second. Of course it's hard. I mean, I, like, that just kind of struck me this week. Of course it's hard. The supreme almighty God, the ruler, sustainer, creator of the universe, he spoke this world into existence. He is ultimate in power, ultimate in love, ultimate in wisdom, ultimate in justice, ultimate in grace. He's outside of time. He right now is also with me when I learned my first words. And he also right now is on my deathbed with me. And he sees both and everything in between for me and for each one of you. He knows all things. And that's not just about me or you. It's about every single person that currently lives on this planet. And every single person that's ever lived and will live. I mean, like, God is so big. And he wrote this. And I think me, in my finiteness, that uh, if I give 10 minutes to this and I just open it up, I'm going to understand it perfectly. 
and it's going to be easy. <laughs> and I think we miss when we think that. Anything of value, it can be hard. It takes discipline. I know there's a lot of members of the CrossFit cult out there. <laughs> Jonathan, Monica, hello. Um, <laughs> um, right? And that, take, that takes hard work and discipline and commitment. I'm a volleyball coach, so I like to get them on the line. I know that. And it, there's value in discipline. And so I think sometimes we, um, we expect it to be too easy, or we want it to be, or we use it as a reason to give up. Um, and the other thing is, is in myself, in my finite nature, it's going to be hard for me to comprehend something supernatural written by a God who's outside of time. This is his timeless living word. Um, but in his spirit, he leads me into all wisdom. I've told this story to some of you know this story, but I have to tell it. Um, when I was a junior in high school, and I grew up as a, a Christian who did all the right things, tried to. And so I tried to read my Bible, and it was always hard. And I was always like, oh, I have to go read my Bible. And I, I knew I had to, but I didn't ever want to. And one time I was reading Psalm 119, and Psalm 119 is like got the most verses in the Bible in a chapter something it's similar to that truth and um, every single verse has God's word in it talks about how he loves his law he meditates on the law and I remember reading that being like what this guy loves the word of God and I was like what is wrong with him like and I really felt that way I really believed that I'm like how do you love God's word I don't get it and yet I remember praying a prayer because I remember thinking I probably should love God See how I'm shooting all over myself? And, um, and so I, but I prayed, God, would you give me a love for your word like the author of Psalm 119? And I meant that prayer. And he has done that for me. Um, that was a while ago. I was a junior in high school. Um, I, after that, went to a college and, and went to Grace University where I got to study the Bible. Um, and... And I have to tell a subsequent follow-up story. A couple years after I graduated college, um, I was sitting there with one of my roommates at the time, and she was uh, also a graduate of Grace. And she was about to move away, and so we were kind of having this, like, heart-to-heart, -heart, like, see you later kind of moment. And um, so we're both graduates of Grace University. We both have biblical studies degrees, and um, we're sitting there just talking about life, and and she looks at me and she says, can I ask you something? Um, you know, we're kind of having a heart-to-heart -heart moment. And I'm like, yeah, of course. And, and have you ever had it where somebody asked you something and um, you weren't expecting what they were going to ask, so you just answer whatever comes out? Um, it was a, kind of a cool moment for me. She asks me, she says, why do you love God's word so much? Um, and I didn't expect her to ask that. And I didn't expect my answer either. I, like, learned something about myself. Um, so she says, why do you love God's word so much? And I must have been holding it. Um, and I started to tear up. <laughs> and I said, he's in here. He's in here. Um, and that was my answer. Like, that was all I had to say. Um, because there was, there's a relationship there for me. I find God when I go there. It's not about learning, knowledge, um, the Bible says this, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If it's, if it's fueled with the relationship that I have with God, then I want to go spend time with him. Um, and, and so for me, uh, 
it's like that. Um, I go looking for him. I don't go looking for information. I go looking for him. And I find him because I go before him. Uh, I, I don't understand every single word. Absolutely not. But I keep trying. Um, and he shows up because there's life in here. This is God's living, breathing word. So practically, uh, I don't know where you're at in how you spend time with God and his word and scripture. Um, but wherever you're at, I want to have you consider what you practically want to do. If, if you're growing in a listening, as a listening disciple and want to learn his voice, um, practically finding a way to get into his word a little bit. Maybe that's just a daily verse. Maybe that's a good start. Every Bible app has a daily verse. They also have reading plans. Um, maybe you read the same verse every day for a week. Or maybe you sit down in one sitting and read a whole book of the Bible. Um, maybe you, you know, because there's life in the context and there's life in the line by line, the word by word. Um, so I just want to, I just want to um, get you to start thinking, where am I at with God's word and where do I want to be? And not in a, I have to kind of way, but in a, I want to be a disciple that knows his voice and follows him kind of way. Um, and read it together. Um, this is something else that God has taught me, is that I don't have to just do this on my own. Um, I can have someone else that I'm like, hey, you know, can you, can you ask me about how I'm doing at this? Um, so as a volleyball coach, I have three assistant coaches, and, and we have coaches meetings. And throughout the summer, um, this summer, we ended up um, deciding we wanted to try to read James, the book of James. It's only five chapters, so it wasn't super ambitious. Um, we had about five meetings, and every meeting, what we did was we just all sat down and read. Like, first one, we read the first chapter of James. We just read it out loud together. Um, and then we kind of went around and just, hey, what stuck out to you? Which verses did you like the best? Or what hit you and why? And, and I learned a lot from the book of James through what those girls had to say, because they see the world differently than me. Um, so that's a little bit about Scripture. Believe it or not, I even skipped some stuff. I just, I did. Um, okay, but so the word of God is one avenue in which we can learn to hear his voice. The second is prayer, uh, and the third is people. So here, let's go quick here uh, to prayer. The Bible says things to us like in everything by prayer and petition. It says pray without ceasing. It says always keep on praying. And to be honest, I read that and I'm like, okay, yeah, but like not all the time. Um, we don't take, we honestly don't take that literally. Pray without ceasing, like, what am I, when am I going to watch TV? When am I going to sleep? When am I going to talk to other people? When am I going to, and I, we think of all these reasons why, um, I can't pray all of the time. Um, and obviously, I'm on a journey with this too. Um, but I've actually had the opportunity over the last few years um, to experience God in a more personal way. He, he is um, one of my closest friends. He's somebody that I want to go to when something's going wrong. And part of that is because I live alone and sometimes he's the only one there. Uh, <laughs> that's really real. Okay. <laughs> um, and yet, it is true, you know. There's been some lonely times in my life when I'm like, God, I just want there to be someone. Why are none of my friends around? And he whispered something to me that he taught me and maybe he just did it to make me feel better. But he said, I did that on purpose because I want to spend time with you. 
No one else is available for you right now because I want you to come to me. I covet your time. Um, and that taught me how I'm his beloved. And, um, and so prayer has become a semi-fundamental part of my day. Um, I, like I said, I am not perfect at this, but I do live alone. And so sometimes I pace and I just pray out loud, you know, and I'm like, God, I just, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and, and, and I try, I try certain things. Let me give you just a few things that I try to do in my life. Um, before I leave the house every day, um, and sometimes I got all my bags on and I'm unlocking the door and then I remember, um, and I, I try to kneel down on the ground in my living room and I just say, God. Take me today. I have this meeting ahead of me. I have this going on. I'm stressed about that. But I pray that in everything that comes before me, would you be wise when I'm foolish? Would you be strong when I'm weak? Would you be loving when I'm unloving? Would you give me the wisdom to make decisions um, and to speak wisely? Would you protect me from sin today? I have a verse on my door that says, direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. And I pray that as I walk down the stairs almost every day. Um, because that's the only way I'm going to keep from sinning, is if he is in me, living out through me. And I beg him, please, maximize my day for your glory. And then throughout the day, this is true. Normally, you know, I get distracted by life or whatever, and then when I pray throughout the day, you know, when I'm walking down the hallway or whatever my moments are, I'm like, God, help. <laughs> God, I'm so stressed out. God, I'm so tired. God, it's so hard. God, I need you. Um, and God, give me wisdom in the next moment. Um, wow, God, thanks for how that worked out. And it's something I have to practice to get better at. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I just want to ask you, how personal is your relationship with God? Um, there was a time. There was, I was having a hard thing happen to me at work. And um, I found out about it, and Tamara was with me, actually. We were hanging out. This was a few years ago. And we were hanging out or something, and I, like, found this out while she was with me. And she was like, do you want to talk about it? It had something to do with my pay. <laughs> and she's like, do you want to talk about it? Like, what do you want? And I was like, I just want you to, I, sorry, I just want you to go. <laughs> I, like, just wanted to pray. And it was, like, a cool moment for me. I was like, I actually don't want to talk to Tamara yet. I just want to pray. I just want to go before my God and talk to him about it. It was a cool moment for me because I learned that he's like my best friend. And it's not always true. But I want to challenge you. What's your relationship like? And, and, and will you choose to learn his voice by giving him time and attention and proximity in prayer? Lastly, relationships. Um, and let me piggyback off of that. Just this week, another hard thing happened to me at work. And I was really struggling. I felt really hurt and offended and devalued, and I was frustrated. And I texted Tamara, and you know, even in texting, sometimes you can get the tone. And she got my tone, and she had like tons of stuff going on Friday night. And, and she calls me, and I'm like, I'm cool, no big deal, I'm fine, you know. And, um, and then she's like, okay, well, I'm gonna call you after my whatever. And um, I'm home, and, and she, she texted me, and she was like, hey, you know, want me to come by? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I didn't want her to come by. <laughs> and uh, and uh, she calls me, and she's like, I'm in your parking lot. I'm coming upstairs. And I was like, wow, wow, wow. 
I guess I can't be rude, you know? <laughs> and she came up, and she's like, you don't have to talk about it. And I'm like, okay. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I just purged and cried, and she prayed for me. And I needed that. Um, because we need relationships. Sometimes I think, man, I, God and I against the world. We can do everything, and I don't need anyone else. This one's hard for me because I'm independent. And I don't like to trust people. Um, but I'm so grateful um, for friendships that push me outside of that and for God giving me people that can help me grow when I need to grow and can give me wisdom when I need wisdom. Um, there's a verse in Proverbs, just as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Ephesians... Oh, Ephesians 4 um, has a lot of cool things to say, and the idea is we are all uniquely gifted and designed to come together in unity, and when we do that, um, we all reach unity in the faith, and we become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of God um, together. Um, And so we're not meant to live this Christian life, this discipleship on our own. Jesus called 12 intimate disciples um, so they could work together, go together. We walk through trials together, and my faith sharpens hers or his or whomever, and, and they sharpen mine. Um, and so I've, had, I've developed this goal. As I told you, you have to have slogans. I've developed this goal for myself in relationships, and that's to point others to him. That's all I want to do. I pray that for myself with my team all the time. Lord, help me point them to you today. Um, and, and not to myself or not to this or that other thing or to fixate on the circumstance, but just to look to eternity. And look to you. Um, and, and God uses these three. Scripture, prayer, and relationships together. Um, if I just stick my nose in this book and read, then I'm going to learn a whole lot. But um, I'm not going to interact with people. Then I might just grow in knowledge and miss the life of it. Or I might get skewed in my understanding of something and start to believe wrong things. If I just pray and never read the Bible, um, then my prayer starts to be shaped by what I think or what the culture thinks, um, and I get misguided in my pursuit because I'm not growing in who God is, in his truth, and his word. Um, and if I just only ever pray by myself, then I don't get to hear the heart of someone else. If you're in a life group here, you know um, of the beauty that it is to pray together. This is something FLC taught me. One of my favorite things FLC taught me was how to pray together with other people. It is so sweet. So if you're in a life group, great. If you're not Consider going, um, because I've learned a whole lot um, about praying together, together. Um, by the same token, though, if it's just about relationships, then I'm going to miss too. If I'm in life group and I have all these great Christian friends, but we're not individually growing in the word or individually praying, then when we sit around and talk about our life circumstances, which does happen, um, then we're not... You're not going to have the same filter to go through. I don't have the same truth from God's word to go through. I don't have the same relationship to God to know if there was a, you know, something that he would have me say. We end up just kind of pointing, ourselves, pointing each other to whatever we think is best. Everyone does what they think is right in their own eyes. Um, but when we have a lifestyle of prayer, a lifestyle of growing and understanding of his word, um, then when we're in relationship, we can look through that lens and point each other in the right ways when need be towards, towards life and scripture and the Lord. Um, I'm about done. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but 
I want to drive home this idea of the process of learning the Lord, of wanting him and growing in knowledge of his voice. Um, and, and those three things are just practical ways to start to step into that. Um, so as the band comes up, um, I just want to say, you know, Peter, we talked about him. He was one of Jesus' best friends. And he had some great wins and some pretty big losses in his discipleship column. And yet we read Acts 3 and 4, and he is fueling and driving and leading the church. Um, and, and so as we go on this journey, you're going to have some ups and downs. You're going to have some wins and some losses. However, let's be individuals that choose to deep down desire the Lord, that want to, to know him and grow in him, to pursue him authentically in our hearts, in our souls, to the best of our abilities, stumbling but always getting back up and always still going towards him. Let us join together with the Spirit to learn who God is in his word, to connect with him in prayer. And let's not waste our moments here together to point each other to the Lord in all the things that we do, ever stumbling together towards him. Father God, you are good. You are always right. You are always trustworthy. It is amazing to me that you have me here right now, standing up here talking. Um, it's amazing to me all the people that you entrusted to sit here and, and listen to me today. And I pray, God, that you would touch our hearts with something of your truth today. That you would draw us into a place where we long for you in a way that we didn't yesterday. And, and may it be better tomorrow. Um, will you grow us towards you, Lord? Um, through your spirit, by your grace. Thank you for Jesus, for his death, his burial, his resurrection, and the life that he gives us, both eternal life and life right now. And I pray that you would transform us all more into the likeness of him. It is in his name, it is on his merit that I pray.